For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Thursday as we begin to wrap up yet another week. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I'm at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I can be reached at Monica Crowley Podcast, all one word, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. All right, next week, I know it's a holiday week, but we do not stop here on the Monica Crowley podcast because the enemy never stops working against us, so we never stop working against them. America needs all hands on deck, and we certainly bring it here on this podcast. Next week, I am hoping that we are going to speak with the one and only MTG Marjorie Taylor Greene. We are working on her. She uh, is obviously in the middle of a ton of stuff, including, very interestingly, she she convened a special congressional panel on the coronavirus and all the lies that we have been told for the last three plus years, I guess. Um, she has really filled a leadership vacuum on that issue. She and Ron Johnson on the Senate side, just amazing stuff. So she has had her hands full, uh, but we're working on getting her for hopefully next week. If not next week, we're definitely going to have her um, in the immediate future. Also, next week is Thanksgiving. And it falls on a Thursday when we do this show. And I am telling you right now to buckle up. When you're on your way to grandma's over the river and through the woods, you're going to want to listen to this show because I have a blockbuster show planned for you for Thanksgiving Day. And then, of course, it's it's a couple of days until our next show the following week. So I wanted to peg this show to the holiday, but also to a huge anniversary coming up next week as well. This is the kind of show you probably won't get anywhere else, or you certainly won't get many places. So I promise you, next week's shows are going to be phenomenal. This is why I tell you to tell all your friends, family, neighbors, uh, you know, your garbage men, your teachers, anybody and everybody to be listening to the Monica Crowley podcast. We don't want to have anybody having FOMO. Okay, and the way to avoid that is by listening to the show. Okay, and later today, we're going to be joined by Natasha Owens, uh, just a phenomenally talented uh, country music star, Christian music star. She is incredible. She's so much fun. She did the single Trump One. 
which I'm going to share a story with her about how I listen to Trump one, which is very funny. So you're going to want to hear this. She's got a brand new album out. She is extraordinary. She's just a dynamite girl. That's coming up here later today. But first, the Monica Memo. Joe Biden isn't just the most corrupt president in U.S. history, and he is by far. He is also the most dangerous, also by far. What did he do now? Well, let's take it apart, and I want to drill down on two specific issues, China and Iran. Also, later in the show, I want to drill down a little bit on the FBI because Christopher Wray, your FBI director, was in front of Congress yesterday, and he had some things to say, none of it good. If you are a law-abiding citizen, if you are a populist, if you voted for Trump, what your FBI director had to say yesterday was not good. So we're going to take that apart uh, as well. But in the Monica Memo, I want to take apart two foreign threats before we get to the domestic threat of the FBI. First, China. So Biden and the Chinese President Xi Jinping did the tango in San Francisco yesterday. So the left all the way down from Joe Biden and his administration, his secretary of state, his treasury secretary, to Governor Hairdo in California, all the way down to dog catcher in the local vicinity where Biden and Xi Jinping met yesterday. And today, by the way, Xi Jinping is still in San Francisco. They rolled out the red carpet for a communist dictator who owns half of the politicians in America, including the president, so that he could come and inspect his handiwork and his investments like a conquering warlord. Remember, the Chinese have been engaged in what is now known as elite capture. As soon as China started to get rich, the CCP realized that the best way to conquer the United States and the West was to conquer its ruling elites. And not just politicians, although they certainly have plenty of those in their back pocket, but also the sports franchises, the culture, Hollywood, and the name of the game was the almighty dollar. So when the Chinese communists realized that in order to get China uh, competitive economically, it was going to have to do a hybrid economy because clearly communism does not work. It gives you an equal share of poverty and that's it in addition to, you know, all the murder and stuff. So the Chinese very smartly began to open up their economy. They began to liberalize, small l, uh, their economy. And they created, because they also understood this, they created a middle class. Every society that has a middle class is much more stable than a society that does not have a middle class. Middle classes are stabilizing influences. This is why the left is trying so hard to destroy those of us in the middle class. They're trying to destroy the middle class to destabilize the society. The Chinese understood with over a billion people, they needed a growing and prosperous middle class to stabilize the society and to keep themselves in power. So they very smartly began to open up their economy, again, with the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, sitting on top and controlling all of it. So it's not a free market, the way we understand a free market, because it is controlled by the government. It's still a command economy, but there is enough capitalism mixed in 
that they were able to get this extraordinary growth over the last 20, 30, 40 years, okay? So they took that wealth and they came into the West and they began buying up our elites, sometimes with straight-up bribes, as we have seen with Joe and Hunter Biden and his brother James and the entire extended Biden family, sometimes with straight-up bribes, but other times more like, hey, uh, Hollywood, you want our billion-dollar market? You want to release your movies here in China and have this billion-person market buying tickets? Great, great. But here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to censor your movies You're going to have to hold your tongue. No criticism of the CCP at all. We don't want to hear that. Otherwise, we're going to bounce you. The extortion is very clear. I mean, it's very obvious. And all of our elites pretty much went for the greed. And, I, you know, I understand the the capitalist impulse to want to make money and push your product out. I get it. But it comes with a heavy, heavy price tag when it comes to China, because China then owns you. You agree to their terms, they own you, man. Whether it's the NBA, whether it's Hollywood Studios, doesn't matter. Whether it's Joe Biden, it comes with conditions, as everything does when it comes to money. You are paid to do a job. If you don't do that job, you will be reprimanded and or fired. And all of these companies, all of our politicians that are deeply, deeply in bed with China through Sequoia Capital and, and so many of these BlackRock, so many of these financial institutions as well doing big, big, big business in China, they all have to toe the line. And then they pass that on down to you. Because they are towing the line to the CCP, they then project it inward to the United States. And before you know it, if you've got an account with one of these companies or banks or whatever, now you have to toe the line. Do you see how it works? So it is no wonder that the the left in control of this country rolled out the red carpet for Xi Jinping in San Francisco after cleaning up San Francisco for him while you live in filth and crime and decay. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that as soon as Xi Jinping and the rest of these foreign dignitaries for this International Asian Conference are gone in the next couple of days, Governor Hirdu and the mayor of San Francisco and the rest of them will allow that city to slide back into filth and decay because they don't care about you. They care about their ideological brethren, namely China Xi Jinping, because they're all communists and they care about China's money. They care about kissing the ring. And the perfect emblem for this was that when Xi Jinping was arriving in San Francisco, his motorcade uh, was making its way through the streets, and the streets were glistening, no heroin needles, no fentanyl all over the streets, no homeless on the streets, no, no homeless encampments anywhere, Potemkin Village, as far as the eye can see, but all the flags on the streets were Chinese. Zero American flags. 
So the left in this country, including many of our elected officials, are deeply in bed with China. And ideologically, again, they're all on the same side. They will proudly fly the Chinese flag, but not the American flag. And the Chinese flag was waving in the wind in San Francisco, along with the Palestinian flag everywhere as well. But not an American flag as far as the eye could see. This is what I mean when I talk about the enemy within. So Biden and Xi uh, did the two-step in San Francisco yesterday. Here is Biden greeting the man he calls, quote, old friend. Well, Mr. President, it's good to see you again. We've spent many hours together over the last uh, 10 or 12 years. And to host you in the United States is a great honor and a pleasure, uh, particularly as we to our summit today. Oh, so good to see you again. Yeah, I guess Biden wanted to collect his check in person this time. Uh, they call each other old friend. And I guess tens of millions of dollars and weak U.S. foreign policy toward Beijing tell us exactly why they are such good friends. Biden has spent his entire career kissing up to the CCP at the expense of the American people. Since he became president, Biden's dangerous weakness has allowed the CCP to rapidly grow its influence all over the world. Remember, Biden allowed that Chinese spy balloon to surveil our entire country for days on end, and he only shot it down once it was done, once the spy mission was over and the balloon was over the the ocean. Biden resumed funding for the World Health Organization, the WHO, despite China basically controlling the WHO. Biden bought $1.3 billion in Chinese-made COVID tests and gave them to Americans. You're taking a Chinese-made COVID test, okay? Biden let China build secret spying facilities in nearby countries. Biden reversed an order to limit the Chinese spyware app TikTok. If you've got TikTok on your phone, guys, you should not. Chinese know everything about you. Oh, Monica, I don't really care. Well, you should care because when push comes to shove and the Chinese have your data, guess who they're coming for first? Biden deliberately missed the deadline to declassify intelligence on the Wuhan lab. Biden told a room of Democrat donors, quote, don't worry about China. He has said repeatedly that the United States does not want to, quote, decouple from China. Biden admitted that he doesn't want to contain China. He has said that in multiple times. Biden ignored Chinese hackers breaching the email accounts of senior U.S. government officials. Just blew that off. Didn't care. And Biden has repeatedly said that he is not concerned about China. That is a direct quote. Remember in 2019, he scoffed at the idea that China would eat our lunch. Come on, man. He's also said that, quote, China is not our problem. What are we worried about? And also in 2001, going back that far, he said, quote, China is not our enemy. And in 2015, he said, we want to see China rise. Yeah, exactly, because he is lining his pockets. Elite capture to the nth degree with Joe Biden. 
So yesterday, he and, uh, and I mean, the, the guy who was completely owned by the Chinese dictator, and also half out of it most of the time anyway, he sat across from him for four hours. No good can come out of this. And in fact, it didn't. Joe Biden did not bring up any of the issues that actually matter, that actually pose existential threats to us and to our country. There was no mention by Biden of the unrestricted warfare, which is what China calls it, unrestricted warfare against the United States that they have been engaged in for four decades now. No mention of that. No mention of the Chinese inflicting a global pandemic on the planet. No mention of China's increased aggression in the Pacific Rim and beyond. No mention of the decades-long theft of our intellectual property. No mention of China's egregious human rights violations. None of that. But you know what there was? Plenty of? Plenty of talk about climate change. The Chinese will yes us to death about climate change and, okay, yes, we are very concerned about the climate and the environment, and yeah, we'll negotiate some deals about climate standards and regulations. Guys, the Chinese, and this has been going on now for 20, 25 years with this climate talk, the Chinese have no intention of hobbling their economy with these fantasy land ridiculous climate standards all based on a hoax. They know it's a hoax. They helped to build the hoax to cripple Western economies. They have no intention of crippling their economy with this fantasy land BS on the climate, but they're more than happy to have us do it. And like the useful idiots that Joe Biden and his team are, they're like, oh, okay, great. We'll Continue to put massive restrictions on our economy. Great. There was also discussion yesterday in their conversation uh, about artificial intelligence with regard to nuclear weapons. The United States has a huge strategic advantage and technological advantage on AI, particularly with regard to military applications like nuclear weapons. Yesterday, Joe Biden gave away that advantage completely by agreeing with the Chinese, no AI in nuclear weapons. You know what that does? It erases our military advantage. And it also allows the Chinese to use that time to catch up to us and then surpass us. So they'll at least reach parity with us on AI, um, and in particular with regard to nuclear weapons. Well, given all of that and the fact that Joe Biden sold us out because he's gotten tens of millions of dollars from CCP-related enterprises, uh, let's hit a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about uh, one Republican, one who is actually taking on China, one. (laughs) President Trump certainly did, and man, don't we miss him. This is another reason why the CCP worked hand-in-glove with a globalist and American left to take Donald Trump down in 2020. You think that virus and the shutdown of the global economy was a coincidence? Hell no. Don't be that naive, guys. Okay? Um, So Donald Trump is the only American president in recent history to take on China. Therefore, he really must be destroyed. Um, But we have one Republican here on the scene who's actually doing something about China and fighting back. This particular leader is not part of the elite capture. 
She has not been captured. I'm going to tell you who it is and what she is doing on the other side of the break. And in just a couple of minutes, we're also going to be joined by country and Christian music superstar Natasha Owens. So sit tight for that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, welcome back, guys. Um, I mentioned China. I want to get to the FBI and your FBI director, Christopher Wray, here in a second. Um, there is one Republican who is actually putting her money where her mouth is, particularly with regard to China. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her state attorney general, Tim Griffin, announced about two weeks ago that they ordered a Chinese state-owned company to give up approximately 160 acres of land that it currently owns in Craghead County, Arkansas. Griffin said that the owner failed to report foreign ownership within the time allowed by Arkansas state law, so they're bouncing them. The land in question is owned by Northrop King Seed Company, which is a subsidiary of Sygenta Seeds, LLC, which, in turn, is owned by China National Chemical Company, or ChemChina, according to the Attorney General's office. ChemChina is on the Department of Defense's list of Chinese military companies. Okay, Chinese military companies. And so obviously it poses a clear threat. Here is Governor Sanders. I'm announcing that Syngenta, a Chinese state-owned agrochemical company, must give up its land holdings in Arkansas. Syngenta owns 160 acres in northeast Arkansas, which it uses primarily for seed research. The company that owns Syngenta, Kim China, is also on the Department of Defense's list of Chinese military companies posing a clear threat to our state. Seeds are technology. Chinese state-owned corporations filter that technology back to their homeland, stealing American research and telling our enemies how to target American farms. That is a clear threat to our national security and to our great farmers, especially since the Chinese government enacted a law in 2017 requiring Chinese citizens abroad to collaborate with their country's security officials on intelligence work with no questions asked. Well, good for her. Good for her. Arkansas is the first state in the country to take such an action. And I am saying to all Republican and frankly, all Democrat governors as well, every governor must follow her lead. We can't have our most existential threat, China, owning all of this farmland. You got Bill Gates buying up the other half. We cannot have this. 
Now, in so many states, we allowed this to happen in the first place, which was a huge mistake, but now at least we can take action to throw them out, as Governor Sanders is now doing, if our leaders have the political stomach to do it. Again, so many of them are captured by the Chinese, and they don't have the stomach or the political will to do it. They're making too much money off of it. Or like Governor Hairdo, they're flattered by Xi Jinping shaking his hand. Remember, Governor Hairdo just spent like 10 days in China, slobbering all over them. Well, Governor Sanders says no to all of this, and good for her. She's putting her state and her country first. She has the stomach to do this. How about the other 49 governors? If China owns and controls land in your state, your governor must do what Sanders just did. Get them the hell out of there, period. I don't understand why this is so hard. You know, we elected you to represent us and protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. If you're not booting China out of your state, you're not upholding your oath and doing your job. It's that simple. And we will make you accountable for your epic failure. Between Bill Gates and China, we're going to have no farmland left. And then how are we going to feed this country with reliable, safe food? That's going to be the next big threat, guys. I'm telling you, there's a reason why all of these dark forces are focused on our farmland. And it ain't good. It's not because they want you well-fed and nourished. Speaking of dark forces, the FBI... Uh, The FBI, as we know, is a rogue agency, um, and it's so corrupt all the way down. I I mentioned Dinesh D'Souza's film, Police State. Everybody needs to go see it. Check out more information, and you can stream it at policestatefilm.net. Please go check it out. It's such an important movie, and go back and listen to my conversation with Dinesh a couple of weeks ago as well, because that was really important conversation. The FBI is... Basically, the KGB. You know, there's a reason there are three-letter agencies, all right? The Russians knew this too. This is the police state, the DOJ and the FBI, two of the most fearsome government agencies, probably along with the CIA and the IRS. These are agencies that have the ability to take your freedom and destroy your life. And the FBI is doing it as a matter of course now. January 6th defendants, I mean, you name it, The FBI is going after people who don't tow the party line. Again, and by party, I mean Communist Party. I don't mean Democrat Party. I mean Communist Party. The FBI is completely out of control, and my view is that it needs to be raised to the ground. Everybody fired, prosecuted where the evidence leads, and you need to begin again. Because we cannot go on like this. This is not, you're, you're no longer in a free country when you've got this police organization knocking on doors, using battering rams on, you know, grandmas from Indiana at three o'clock in the morning. That is not a free country. Your FBI director, Christopher Ray, who's sitting atop all of this corruption and prosecuting it with glee, he went in front of Congress uh, yesterday And uh, I just want to make mention of two things, because, of course, he just lies through his teeth. Congressman Clay Higgins confronted Christopher Wray 
about January 6th and whether or not it was a Fed surrection, as we're now getting more and more evidence that it was. But Clay Higgins raised a particular point about um, what law enforcement calls ghost vehicles, or in this case, ghost buses, which, and he put up pictures uh, on the congressional floor in front of Ray, put up photos of a couple of buses that were literally painted white, I think. And he asked Ray about these ghost buses um, on January 6th, which he says were filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters, brought in to infiltrate and rile up the crowd that day and get the crowd into the Capitol. Listen. Now recognize Mr. May I close this, this statement? Uh, Mr. No, no I, I think I think your time is expired. Mr. I note that that other members across the aisle have been been granted time and I object well, to my to my question being, well, being closed. This is a very significant hearing, Mr. Chairman, and these buses are nefarious in nature and were filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters. You, and you deployed onto our capital on January 6th. Yeah. Made, your day is your, coming, Mr. Your Ray. Point, Mr. It, there was a longer exchange there because Clay Higgins spent his time um, sort of setting it up before he dropped the ghost buses on Ray. And you can hear, you know, the Democrats tried immediately to cut off his time, uh, drop the gavel, cut him off from the line of questioning to protect Ray from having to answer or maybe perjure himself in front of Congress. But... This line of questioning is has only just begun, and Clay Higgins right there said, your day is coming, Mr. Ray. Your day is coming. Exactly, because with every passing day, we're getting more and more evidence that the FBI and DOJ set up Donald Trump that day, just as like everything else, the rigged election, the two fake impeachments, it's all, they have thrown the kitchen sink at this man. January 6th, the Fed's erection, Ghost buses filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters with the MAGA hats and the MAGA flags and Trump won and all of that mix in with the crowd, the grandmas from Indiana, as an excuse to paint all of us who voted for Trump, support America as domestic terrorists. They set up January 6th as the pretext to go after all of us and have the FBI with the battering ram at your door. They set it up. They set up Trump to try to prevent him from becoming president ever again and ruin him, but also to ruin the lives of all of these other people that they set up. The truth almost always comes out eventually. It's just a question of time, except for the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> We're going to deal with that next week. Um, but uh, so that was clip number one that I wanted to to roll for you. So that was the, the Clay Higgins thing. And the curtain keeps rising on the truth about January 6th. The second thing is Chris Ray, who again oversees the FBI, um, he was asked about terrorists coming across the wide open border. And I want you to listen to his response to that question. Go. Those individuals that, that, that watch list that we talk about, uh, why do you think in four years before this there were only 11 and suddenly there are uh, 294 in the past few years? Why do you think that's so? 
I can't, I can't really speak to, you know, to, to that issue, not, not in my lane. I can tell you that the threats that come from the other side of the border uh, are very much consuming all 56 of our field offices, not just in the border states. Uh, that's why I made the point. For sure, I, I, I agree. What, if I heard you correctly, what you just said is not every state in the country is a border state now. Is that what you just said? Well, I didn't. I mean, the threats to every that way, but the threats that come from the other side of the border are affecting every state. Absolutely. One hundred percent. So the man in charge of monitoring terrorist threats here at home says he has no clue. Doesn't that put your mind at ease? He is, apart from the president and the attorney general, Christopher Wray is, well, I guess he's the third most important official in law enforcement in the country. It goes the president, then I guess the vice president, God help us, and then the attorney general and then the FBI director. So I guess he's like three or four. But he is telling you, he has no idea about potential uh, terrorist threats that have come across the wide open border. I don't know. I don't know. Sleep well, America. Your leaders despise you. And even worse than that, they actually want you dead. All right, we're going to hit another quick break. When we come back, an absolutely blockbuster conversation. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, welcome back, guys. I am so excited to talk to the great Natasha Owens today. Natasha first exploded onto the Christian music scene in 2016, and because she's so incredibly talented and brilliant, she quickly found herself touring with Christian music's most iconic artists, including Michael W. Smith and Jason Crabb. And since then, she has been everywhere, including an unbelievable concert performance Performance for President Trump at the America First concert event at Mar-a-Lago. She's also been all over Fox News, Newsmax, OWN, Huckabee, Real America's Voice, War Room with Steve Bannon, <laughs> all of our favorite haunts. Uh, she has been there and so many other places. You probably know her dynamite single called Trump One, which went straight to number one on the iTunes charts, beating out Taylor Swift, Cardi B, and everybody else. She's got a brand new single out and a music video as well with the song called Second Protects the First. And she's got a new studio album out as well called American Patriot. Superstar Natasha Owens joins us now. Natasha, I cannot tell you how happy I am to talk to you. Oh, my goodness. You were just so positive. I, I said earlier, I need you in my life every day <laughs> for encouragement, right? So thank you so much for being you, and thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for saying that. And right back at you, you are just an extraordinary talent. And as I said to you before we came to air, um, you have used the gifts that God has given you, this extraordinary m- musical talent, the beautiful voice, 
and you have used it to raise it up in worship of him, but also to fight for the gift of freedom that comes from God. So we really appreciate you. Uh, before we get started, Natasha, I have to tell you that I so love your blockbuster song, Trump One, <laughs> that I have it on repeat a lot. And I really, you'll appreciate this. I live in New York City, so pray for me. Um, and I really, sa- <laughs> I really savor listening to Trump One. Um, Uh, through my iPhone, in my earbuds, uh, while I am walking down the street in New York City, because I feel like it's my little secret as I pass all of these, you know, uh, left-wing communist maniacs in this town, I've got Natasha Owens with Trump One blaring into my ears. But do you have the ringtone? The ringtone is amazing because it's very loud. And of course, my my two sons say mom can you just turn that down a little bit like someone may not like to hear it and I said good that makes me want to turn it up even more (laughs) I love it and I'm gonna have to get that ringtone everybody download Natasha Owens Trump one as your ringtone because we're going into a hotly contested presidential election cycle next year and we're gonna need that uh, tune to keep our morale up so anyway that song is just so brilliant Natasha, it's fantastic. It's catchy. How did that come about? So my husband is more of the radical one, but he's also the one with crazy faith. Like he just doesn't care what anybody thinks. And I strive every day to be like him. I tell you, he's he's a just a strong, very strong person. And so two years ago, he said, we need to do a song called Trump One because everybody knows it. And, I, and we're not allowed to say it. And so he said, you need to provide... Um, a song so people can sing what what they're not allowed to actually say because we're under songs are covered under a little bit more protection. And so I wasn't brave enough then. I said, I will blow up my entire Christian career in Nashville because Nashville is very anti-Trump. So I kind of treaded lightly and I put that on the back burner. And then two years later, I said, you know what? It's time. It's time to just not care what they think. I did a pro-life song in the Christian community. The radio stations came against me, trying to get me Mm. fired off of events, saying I'm too controversial, standing up for pro-life. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I said, you know what? If they're not going to stand up for life, I'm questioning whether I even want to be in this industry or not. And so I turned and said, let's just blow it up and stand on a foundation of what I think is truth we have a problem with our elections. We need to talk about it. It needs to be acknowledged and we need to fix it. So that's the reason why we did Trump one. Amen, sister. And you, you know what? You're exactly right. It takes a lot of courage to stand up for the truth in any direction, whether it's pro-life, whether it's on election integrity, the fact Trump won. The song is so much fun. How do you write the <laughs> lyrics? You and your husband? Or are you alone? How does that work? Uh, Every song comes about a different way normally, but one consistent thing uh, in every song is me, my husband, and my producer in Nashville, Ian Escalon. He is amazing, and he really is the genius. I can come up with the ideas, and I can throw words and put them in great sentences, but he's the one that really takes an idea and runs with it, and uh, I cannot thank him enough. So as much credit as you're giving me for singing it and helping to write it, he deserves most of the credit. Well, it takes a village always, um, but but your vocal on it is just so fantastic. And having a woman sing it 
means so much. It carries more weight that way. Did you know, did you have a feeling when you were writing the song and recording it that it was going to explode the way it did? No, I didn't. We had so much fun with this song because we have, you know, the left gives us way too much material. (laughs) I come up with 50 songs a day to write and then I get just focused, right? Because I'm like, that's ridiculous. Okay, let's write a song about this. So um, when we were sitting down to write it and going back and forth, um, it was, we had to narrow it down because we had too many lines in there. We had to get out the ones that, you know, could probably have the FBI on our doorstep. And, and so we just, we, we weeded it down to what we thought was the best lyrics and with, with such an earworm of a uh, melody. I mean, you cannot get it out of your head. And I love that because the liberals who were trolling me and being so mean, I said, okay, God, at three o'clock in the morning, let that earworm activate and I'm crazy <laughs> for being so mean because I can't get it out of their head. <laughs> well, mission accomplished because the song is a total uh, earworm. I mean, once you hear it and guys, if you have not downloaded Trump one yet, I mean, you are really behind the eight ball. So go and, and download this tune, get it wherever you can. It is it's so much fun and you're going to need it heading into next year. That song Trump one Natasha zoomed right up to number one. And, and like I said, it blew out Taylor Swift and all of these other artists. That must have been just an incredible moment for you. Well, it was an incredible moment for several reasons. One, I had known that the moment I punched the green light on that song to distribute it, uh, or dis- distribute it, that I was going to blow up my career. And so just the validation um, that th- this is what the people wanted to hear and that the people had my back was unbelievable because I was a little down knowing that the future was very uncertain for me. You know, I didn't have a home in a music genre to go back to. And so um, that was encouraging. I never expected it to go to number number one because I never expected it really to see the light of day. We had so much tech suppression in the beginning. um, I didn't know which way it was going to go. But when the Washington Examiner did an article and I will forever print out and forever have it hanging on my wall. It said, uh, Natasha Owens hotter than Taylor Swift. That <laughs> made it all worthwhile right there. <laughs> well, now you now you have to tell your husband, Natasha, he needs to play professional football. Um, and then <laughs> you will be right there. Uh, listen, this song is, Trump One is so much better than anything Taylor Swift uh, puts out. That is 100% for sure. Um, did you hear from President Trump about it? I well, not personally. I heard from his camp, and I also um, he tweets it out and tweets it out these days. And uh, I always know when he does it because uh, I will get just inundated in, in one time frame with so much hate, and I'm like, oh, I need to go look. I bet he's truced it out, and he did. I was on a uh, interview right right when this whole gag order was being talked about in the courts, and I just told him, I said, look, President. Trump, if you're listening, I know that uh, you're trying, you're being gagged, but all you have to do is just let me sing it for you. Just tweet out my song. And so three days later, he did. So I know he heard that interview. Oh, fantastic. And of course, he's heard the song. And of course, he appreciates it. So amazing. Well, I saw you on Steve Bannon's War Room when the song was first coming out and I said, and he was like, let's get this to number one. And I immediately ran over and I downloaded the song and I've had it ever since. 
Of course. I was I did my part to get you to number one. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it so much. Have you seen my um the music video that goes along with it? I have. It now if that the song is great, but to me the music video is so much fun. And the the footage that we decided to put in there shows so much fact, and we had I have so much fun. I had, I mean, it's been since March since I did the song, and every time I see the video, I laugh through the whole thing. It just <laughs> cracks me up. And singing it on stage with that video, I almost can't get through the song. It's so funny to me. <laughs> well, this is going to be this is already your signature song, and this will be you know one of your great legacy songs um, forever. And when you're in concert, everybody's singing along with it. So much fun, and the video is great too. So everybody, download Trump One and go check out the video. Okay, Natasha, let's talk about your current single, which is called Second Protects the First. And it's obviously referring to the Second Amendment, which is Americans' gun rights. And, you know, in reading about you and your story, I know that you and your family suffered a major tragedy back in 2010 when uh, you lost your father. So can you please tell us what happened there? Well, my dad was the epitome of gun safety. We live in Texas, so we have arsenals down here, and we're usually safe. He was dealing with a dangerous gun. It was his brother's gun. Uh, His brother was actually murdered with a gun. Someone came in a a bar and shot him. And um, the only thing that my dad got was his brother's personal gun. And so he was cleaning it that day, and he missed a step somewhere along the way. It was not the gun's fault. It was my dad's fault. And a bullet came out, hit him in the heart. And, you know, 90 seconds later, um, just he was everything to me was gone. Mm. And I struggled and went through a deep depression and it was God that pulled me out. So I am a big, the media gets very confused sometimes. They do not understand why I'm still so pro Second Amendment. And I've had this gun tragedy in my past. And what they have to understand, I firmly believe that we have a mental health issue. We've got uh, a crime issue that, that these DAs and government officials are creating. And I believe they're only creating it in order to bring the solution, and that is try to take away our guns. And we have a lack of God issue mm-hmm. uh, in our country, a lack of love. And so um, you want to tackle this issue. Let's look at the numbers. The numbers state that in 10 cities, they, you have black-on-black black and Hispanic uh, gun crime. And when you take those numbers out, when you take the suicides out, we have less than 200 deaths a year from guns. To me, that is not a, a problem enough to take, a, take the guns away from law-abiding citizens. You want to talk about something, how about let's stop the fentanyl coming over our Texas and southern border. We have we have more deaths than that. So it's, it's not a gun issue. It's a heart and crime issue. You are exactly right. And of course, the left is coming after you over this, Natasha, because first of all, you're a woman, so you're not supposed to be pro Second Amendment. But also because you have this gun related tragedy in your uh, family, you're really not supposed to be pro Second Amendment. So of course, you are an existential threat to them on this issue. So God bless you for standing up for what is right uh, in view of all of that. You know, as I thought about what I wanted to talk to you today about, obviously about the Second Amendment, how it's under assault, and your single, Second Protects the First, the First Amendment 
is also under attack from the left and the globalists. Did you ever think that we would be at this point in this country? I never would. I never thought it. And me and my husband talk a lot over the past couple years about, we'll say, that's, gonna, that's coming to America. This is what they're planning to do next. And my husband will say, that's against the Constitution. It's against the law, Tosh. And I say, I know, but we have an administration. We have a bunch of radicals in power that do not honor the Constitution, and they do not honor the rule of law. They're out of control. And so you have to protect. And, and when you look in the past, just in Germany, Russia, and China, Anytime a government disarms their population, hundreds of millions of people perish and die. The only reason why we have not completely been taken over with our freedom is because we do have so many guns. And I wanted to bring this topic to the table because it's something, it's a side that we don't really talk about. We do not have our 11 freedoms in that First Amendment if if we do not have our guns. That's the wild card that we have that they're still afraid of us, Right. So we cannot give it up and we have to keep focused on they create problems to bring the solution. And in this case, I will fight for my freedom rather than just giving up to fear and giving up. They think they can wear us down, right? Us mamas want to protect our, our, our children. And they, they think that if, if there's a gun shooting and, and 10, 15, however many people perish, that that is justification enough, that's fear enough that we will beg, come take our guns, provide it, please government, save us. And we have to be smarter than that. We have to look at the facts and we have to look at why it's happening and why they're coming for our guns. And we know why, because they want us disarmed, because a disarmed population is a pliant population. I mean, every time dictators come to power throughout recent history, one of the very first things they do is disarm that population, including the Jews in Germany and throughout conquered Europe. Uh, The Nazis took away their guns so they couldn't fight back. This country right now is hanging by a thread. Natasha, I know you know that and you, you make music about it. So you're raising awareness and educating people about it. But the only thing standing between us and total tyranny is the Second Amendment. It's the fact that we do have the right and the ability to fight back. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, there was a wise man that once said, we get our freedom from three boxes, a ballot box, a jury box, and a bullet box. We can never forget that. And I don't know about you. I'm a mother of two boys. It's a, it's a difference in life and death. It's a difference in seconds. Um, I, I, if somebody comes into my house, somebody approaches me in a parking garage or a public area, um, they're going to get pushed back because I have a gun to protect me and my family. And it's a difference between life and death. And I, I'm not going to allow someone to make me a victim if I can't, if I can do, you know, if I can't help doing something about it, I'm going to make sure that I'm prepared at all times. You know, when you said the freedom, our freedom depends on those three boxes, Well, two of them have been gravely corrupted, the ballot box and the jury box. So we better keep the gun box uh, pretty sacrosanct, right? That's right. This is our last line of defense. And uh, it's the only thing that's keeping us free. And we we fear fear is such a horrible thing. The Nazis figured it out in the Nuremberg trials. They said really didn't have anything to do about uh, Nazism or our views. We knew that if we could put the people under constant fear for two or three months uh, consistently, that they 
we would be able to control them. And Americans have to be smarter. I hope the next time something big comes around that they won't buy into it because they sure bought into COVID, or at least most did. Um, they were begging for our freedoms to be taken away just for a sense of security. And our government is not the thing that should provide a sense of security. They fail time and time again. You know, you mentioned Nashville. We're not talking about the people of Nashville, but we are talking about the leadership in Nashville, the political leadership, but also the country music and Christian music leadership in Nashville is off the wall, left wing. And you talked about your experience with it. What about your fellow artists, both in the Christian uh, music world, the country music world? What do they think about the state of the country? They're not willing to speak up as you are because they want to save their their careers. I mean, I understand that impulse, but do they not understand that we need all hands on deck here to save our country? Well, here's the problem, not only in Nashville, but in all the Christian world. Um, they are too afraid to be persecuted and canceled with this strong cancel culture. They think that um, they don't want to be persecuted. They don't want to be hated. So they think that they can just stay neutral and put their head in the sand we are fighting good and evil. This is not Republican and Democrat. This is not red or blue, donkeys or elephants. This is good and evil. Mm -hmm. And just standing up for our children with this transgender topic and everything they're trying to peddle in our um, school systems, the Christians are silent. And uh, I think they think that this is just a phase. It's going to blow over. But in the face of evil, Jesus never backed down. We have to call out the sin. We have to push back the evil. And if Christians would just do their part, there's 47 million evangelicals that are not registered to vote. And 65 million do not vote in off presidential elections. If they would just do their part, because we do have the power of choice. God gives us that. Um, he will get us from A to B, but how we get there is our choice. If they would just do their part, we would never be facing such a radical agenda as we are currently in America. So the country music market, I think, is a little bit more conservative, believe it or not. You've got the younger females there that are, you know, left-wing liberals. Um, but in Christian, I, I was asked to be a part of Trump's faith initiative team his last three years in office, the top 35 um in, in the CCM market got an opportunity. Do you know that 90% of those never showed up at the White House because mm -hmm. they were progressive, they were liberal, and they hated Trump? And so that was my first experience with my eyes being open. You've got some great people still in Christian that are conservative, but they're too afraid. How many messages I got uh, to my phone and phone calls saying, I support you 100%, I stand by you 100%, but I can't be associated with you because you're too controversial. But just know that that I believe in everything you're doing. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you for that. But I was hoping that me stepping out, shining a spotlight and being brave, that other people would follow me. And there's slowly you've got one other artist, Danny Goki, that's standing up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you've got a bunch of Christian artists, bunch of rap and rock artists that are coming forward. And I'm thankful it's not so lonely out there. Um, unity and standing together um, is what makes this happen, not not standing alone. And so uh, I hope I can be an encouragement. But it, it was very eye-opening. I knew I would get flack if I went more political because uh, you have artists that were forcing their band and anyone on their buses to be completely vaccinated and boosted before they could 
go on the road with them. And if not, they lost their job. You had artists that were sit down and um, and uh, musicians that were sit down in the industry and said, who did you vote for in the in the 2020 election? And when they said Trump, they were fired and never uh, their phone stopped ringing. They were ostracized from the industry. So people don't expect that from the Christian genre. But it all changed when the streaming started. Um, you don't get you don't get the money that you used to get. I think a million downloads on iTunes give you, gets you a million dollars, but a million streams only gets you like seventy dollars. So there's a big difference. And when that happened, it crushed every genre of music, and the Christian market fired all of their Christian executives, and they turned to the secular world in order to fill those spots to teach them big business and try to get the money flowing again. And it's backfired because. Their policies, their liberal views have have completely um, it's it's forced the industry to com- conform away from God and away from conservative values, and it's sad. It's really sad, and it's so unfortunate, and it's 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 corruption and it's evil. And I am glad that you are speaking out on the spiritual nature of this battle that we are in because it's everywhere. And, you know, there is a secular nature to the battle that we are in, obviously, but at base, this is a spiritual war and you are unafraid to call it what it is. And so we so appreciate that, Natasha, and we appreciate your time today. The new single is Second Protects the First. And of course, Trump won the the all-time classic, but the new single is Second Protects the First. And the new studio album is called American Patriot. Where can people go and get it? Uh, you can anywhere you normally buy or stream your music, you can find me, but you can go to my website, which is natashaowensmusic.com. It is a landing page for uh, tour merch and how to get all the physical product and links to my social media. It's just a great resource. So natashaowensmusic.com. Fantastic. Well, you are certainly doing your part to save this country by putting out this phenomenal music and standing for what's right. So keep going, Natasha. We are all out here cheering you on. Thank you so, so much. I think the American people are definitely getting it. We're, we're, we are seeing record uh, number of gun sales that we've never seen before. And, um, you know, anytime the left tries to cancel us, we go number one. So Thank you so much for playing a part. Everyone that's listening to me, thank you for your help. We appreciate it. You are amazing. And guys, if we want to save America, we have to change the culture. And the way we do that is by supporting content and music like this, Natasha's music. So please go download her new album, American Patriot, and her new single, Second Protects the First. This is how we do it. Natasha Owens, thank you so much, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me. Wow, what a show, guys. Mm, another one in the can that is pure fire. Thank you so much for joining me and for checking out our great sponsors. I want you to have a wonderful, fantastic, safe fall weekend this weekend. Next week is a big holiday week, and we have live shows next week because we don't sleep in our efforts to save America. Marjorie Taylor Greene and a huge show on Thanksgiving Day that you're going to want to listen to the entire holiday weekend, I promise you. Have a great weekend and I will see you next week. This episode of the Monica Crowley podcast was produced by Bayhockle Entertainment, LLC. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.